This is the Liberator Podcast from Giant Worldwide. Welcome to Advanced Base Camp. But what we're doing is our intention is that you go to a completely another level of life, of leadership, of intentionality. And we're really just your guides. That's all we are. We're just Sherpas. Welcome to the Liberator Podcast, episode number eight with Steve Cockrum, Jeremy Kubitschek. Steve from London today. It's a little rainy there, isn't it, Steve? It is true. Summertime has reached Britain today where um, it's been raining and drizzling all day and uh, the cricket has been rained off, which is disastrous because we were about to win the third test match against Sri Lanka in a game that I know how much you Americans love that goes on for five whole days and still ends in a draw. Can you believe that? Steve, you, you just spoke Portuguese to everyone <laughs> listening. We have no idea what you just what you just said. You said something about the crickets coming out because of the rain. Is that what I? That's what. The <laughs> that's quite funny for you. So no, what you got to remember is that the British aristocracy were always so bored because they never did any real work. So all the sports we invented usually go on for ages or usually involves sitting down. So cricket is one of our great exports to the empire. And this game goes on for, they play between 11 o'clock and six o'clock for five days running, and you can still have a draw. So it doesn't really fit with the American model of three hours with lots of food breaks, lots of our action, and very least you're gonna have a result with some overtime if need be. Hey, can you imagine, cause you've been to a lot of American games, <laughs> yeah. like a big NFL, NBA, could you imagine if we tried to bring that American marketing, like intermission, mm. like big event stage stuff into a cricket match? Well, they like had little blimps flying. And, do you know, you know they've actually done it, Jerry? They've actually done it. They've created a game called 2020, which is basically 20 overs each, 120 pitches per team in your language. It is razzmatazz, it's dancing girls, it's kind of flames, the ball goes everywhere, and there's lots of time to eat lots of unhealthy food which I know for Americans is a prerequisite for a uh, important sporting occasion so there we go I still remember my first nice. foot-long dog which truly is up there with the great um, culinary wonders of the world particularly when I seem to remember them putting extra pulled pork on top of my sausage just to make sure that my uh, arteries didn't survive at all so there we go happy days <laughs> <laughs> hey um, speaking of England I'm really really excited for those listening um, I'm getting on an airplane here in a few hours, and I'm heading east. I'm heading over the Atlantic to uh, be at our London X core this week. So I'm really, really excited to see old friends and new friends, and uh, and you too, Steve. Which you probably mix. No, you're an old. You're a good friend. Um, all right. So all that banter um, back and forth. But are you fired up about XCore? Are you going to leave it on the field this week? Yeah, I'm going to. I'm going to be as American as it's possible to be. And I'm just hoping you don't annoy all the Brits because when I come over to America, they love an English accent. But the, unfortunately, it doesn't work the other way around. Particularly with your. Well, you're going to get asked so many questions about Donald Trump and Hillary. By the way, so you better have your answers ready. So for, you know, after living there for almost a couple of years, I at least established a little bit of understanding, but I, I get it. I get it. So here we go. Let's jump into today's, um, for those who are like, come on, guys, let's go get on with it on this podcast. Let's get into our topic for today. Today, it's not cricket, cricket or it's not rain in London. It's not those things. It's actually, how do you get to 100% health, leadership health? Not not artery health uh, things that we were talking about, but how do you get to a hundred percent health? 
And I know you and I, we've been spending a lot of time in our giant world and the giant worldwide team talking and helping people become, become 100% healthy. Uh, that means IQ, that means emotional intelligence, EQ, that means what we call PQ, personality quotient. So all of those things combined. So Steve, why don't you walk us through, what's the, what's the big problem that you see when, when you think of people getting to 100% health? Uh, why does it not happen usually? It's a good question. Well, I, I think I think the most important thing we often say is it, you can't lead others where you haven't been. So the prerequisite for the leaders that people want to follow uh, really debunks a lot of the myth. I would say that we're we're pedal, which is you know it doesn't matter what's going on in your private life or personal life as long as you're good at the task you've been given, then everything should be good. And we would inherently challenge that and say that what happens at the core of who a leader is will define their leadership. So you have to know yourself to lead yourself and you have to be prepared to recognize that your family, your team, your organization will not go beyond the level of health that you yourself have as the leader of it. So that would be my simple definition. Anything you want to add? And I, Yeah, I think most people, you think about it, most people look at themselves and think that they're fine because they, they haven't known until they see that they're not. And part of what we do is we kind of stir it up. We kind of help people look at in a mirror and says, this is what it looks like to be on the other side of you. Do you see that you're not as intentional as you thought or you're living accidentally or you're dominating this person or that? But to your point, uh, you can't leave, lead others until you've led yourself. So this whole idea of you committing to get healthy. So uh, thinking about, um, okay, like we could all lose a, l a few pounds, right? I'm feeling that right now going, okay, it's summertime, uh, you know, I'm on my swim trunks and uh, I could probably lose a good five, seven pounds, right? And so trim up little, little areas. But if I don't do anything with it, then it's wishful thinking versus actually doing something, uh, running, eating more healthy. So in the same way, take that same analogy and put it into leadership, most people simply don't even think about growing as a leader. In the same way you're, you're becoming more healthy, they don't even think that they can because most wake up and they do the tasks that are in front of them. They work with clients, they do the jobs, whatever they need to do, they do. So that's what we wanna to do today. We're gonna to give you some tools to kind of help you um, really begin to know yourself so you can lead yourself. And when you do, you get kind of addicted to becoming more healthy as a leader. And um, so Steve, for, real quickly, uh, why don't you explain um, what we've done for teams, getting teams to 100% health. We have a team diagnostic that we use and we're gonna parlay that back into individuals getting healthy. So you mean the 100X diagnostic? So I mean, I think- Yes, sir. I think you have to start with reality. Um, and we basically, in the work we've done with teams around the world, have really came up with six metrics of what high-performing teams look like and really just giving people a chance to index themselves. So you'll remember, I think we talked about it on a previous podcast between you know, communication, relationships, synergy, alignment, capacity, and execution. Hope you're impressed. I remember all six of those now, Jeremy, off by heart. Um, those yeah. metrics really define how teams perform. And we've worked, um, trying to work out how can we help individuals begin that process, particularly for leaders, because leaders define the culture. And one of the ones which um, we've worked out is something called the Peace Index, which gives everyone just a chance to go, well, how am I doing, how am I doing really? Because if, you if you're not prepared to deal with reality, then the reality is you don't tend to grow. So tell us a bit about the Peace Index, Jeremy, and how we built that. 
Yeah, so this came from a good friend of ours, uh, Frog Orguing, and his name is Frog, yes, which we, we love. That's his first name. But Frog um, really taught us this in a, in a service that we ran. It was really powerful. And he talked about uh, a person getting to 100% health. And, and actually, 100% health meaning 100% peace. So if you think of an individual, uh, peace of a person is related to the health of a person. So there's three P's that go along with it. There's um, purpose, there's people, and there's place. So if you want to draw three circles, uh, a purpose circle, a peace circle, and a place circle, and put a percentage in the middle of every one of those circles. And we're going to ask you the question, the collective aggregate of those three will equal your peace as far as an index is, is concerned. So let me give you some examples. So uh, purpose is um, how you view your your world. Um, uh, how do you feel about your calling, what you're doing when you're living? Uh, are, are you doing right now what brings uh, you life that's energizing, that feels great, and you feel like you're aligned to the purpose that you're, you're made, you're born to do the, the job or the, the, the world that you're in? People happen to be the, uh, the people that you live with, uh, marriage, kids, uh, the people around you and their health, uh, the people you work with, uh, the people in your community, just the, the people that are in your life. Um, is that helpful? Is it healthy? Is it in a generally good phase? Uh, there's always going to be ups and downs and seasons with different uh, people, but in general. And then the last one is uh, place. So it's where you live, where you work, uh, your neighborhood, your state, your community, your country, whatever it is. And so let me, let me give you a quick analogy uh, to put all this together for you in my own life. And then Steve, you might want to give an update here in a minute too. So for me, the peace index, uh, as I can describe it, that purpose is the number one, it's the most important to me, followed by people and then place. I don't really care. I've lived in, I've lived in Russia. I've lived in Atlanta. I've lived in Oklahoma City. I've lived in London. I can live multiple different places, but I have to have the uh, purpose has to be right. And then the place um, sorry, the people that I'm with have to be tied into that. So years ago, we moved from Oklahoma City to Atlanta. We bought uh, the John Maxwell assets. We, we merged those into Giant. My purpose was a 95. I'm like, are you kidding me? This is what I was designed to do. This is amazing. I've got a lot of work ahead of me that's fun, life-giving. The people that I met, they were hung, um, hungry for our style of leadership, and they responded well to, to us because they had been dominated for years and had all types of kind of drama. That went well. Um, so it was the, the people I was around was great. My family was great and healthy. We were kind of on an adventure. So I was at a 95 in purpose. I was about a 90 in people. The place was brand new. Atlanta is great because you can get anywhere in the world. You can go um, you know, to the mountains. You can go to the beach. Uh, you can do day trips. It was great. So the place is about 90. I was sitting there at about aggregated 92.5, 93% of my peace index. And so that was amazing. And then you fast forward seven years, six and a half years. And, uh, you know, the purpose started to wane. What I was doing, I started uh, managing the Chick-fil-A brand and the John Maxwell brands and the different other brands that weren't necessarily, they weren't bad, they were good, but they weren't giant what we were trying to accomplish. So my purpose began to slide as I got more operational and, and uh, not staying in my sweet spot. Then the people were all associated to those other brands. They're not bad people, they just weren't. So it started to slide. 
And then the place, oh my goodness, traffic in Atlanta. If you guys have experienced traffic, it's a killer. So I realized that if my purpose is off, then the thing I, the, the place actually started rising as far as becoming more important. And uh, I woke up with moving from a 93 aggregate to about a 62 aggregate. And my peace index had slid over the last six years. And it was actually the point where I made a conscious decision to move. And we did move and it went back up, moved to England, uh, hung out with the Steve Cockrum gentleman and he actually helped restore a lot. And so my, my index went all the way back up into the, the 90s again. So the peace index is really important to help someone understand why they are at 100% or below or why they are at 50%. So instead of asking how someone is, ask them, what's your peace index? Steve, what would you say to that? Any feedback? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's great to explain it that way. I think the other thing we found is that if you, if you kind of ask someone, how are you doing? They kind of go, yeah, okay. But if you actually use the peace index and go, why don't you talk about how you really are doing in relation to people, purpose, and place, you often find it, it gets to the real nub of the issue because it may, it may be people, it may be purpose, it may be place. It's usually one of those. I mean, you know, I, I would say if I, if I was to look at my, my life right now, I mean, gosh, I don't think I've, I've ever been more content in what I'm doing in terms of purpose. The people I get to do it with are amazing. And, you know, I always say I'm an American in exile in Britain with a British passport. So I come over to America often to restore my sense of uh, entrepreneurial flair. But fundamentally, the place we're in at the moment is, is great. The kids are happy. Helen's happy. We can get into London in 20 minutes. We've got a great church. So it feels to me that there's real peace because we're doing what we're called to do. We're doing it with some amazing people and also the place, which as you say, is less important for me, but is really important for my family. And I think that's been one of the things, I think you've had the same thing, going back to Oklahoma. You know, because we're so entrepreneurial and so we're always going all over whatever we're doing, I think this is the longest. We've been in this house now for just over two and a half years and that's the longest we've ever lived in a house uh, since our first child was born. So. I think my dear nurturer, guardian wife is grateful that she's actually now meeting people. For Helen, as a nurturer, place is the most important thing. Place, people, and then purpose, which feels like a complete anathema to me. But it's just recognizing, I think, that different people have a different order. And you've often said before, maybe you can talk a bit more about it, but whichever is your number one, whichever is the most important, tends to play a a bigger percentage in the overall sense of peace index. So both you and I are purpose. If that's on aligned, then we kind of have a lot more grace for the other areas. So tell me more about that, because I know you, you, you've taught me that before. Yeah, I? no, it's, it's fascinating because you look at people and how they're thinking about the future. Like you said, if they can break it down into the peace index. So what then takes place is you can help someone in their narrative or story to understand why they might be stuck or frustrated. So whatever their number one is, well, let's look at it. If their number one is low, it's going to affect everything else. So when my purpose is off, man, my, the people in place, I start nitpicking. I start finding things that I don't like about where I live or the people around me. But when my purpose is high and I feel really charged and energized, all those things, I'll have way more grace for the other areas. So for, for those of you listening, your, your instructions and application here would be, Number one, find out what is your three areas. Which one's most important to you? Is it purpose? Is it people? Is it place? Realize, like put an, an extra circle around that. That's the most important one. 
and and really don't um, uh, spend some time there, really finding and, and finding out what the real opportunity and the issue is there. Find out what your number is, what keeps you high, what keeps you low, what drags you down, and talk through that process with anyone in your life. Secondly, then do the actual aggregation. Uh, aggregate all the numbers. You might put a little bit extra weight to that double circled, the top one, and figure out what it is. And what's great about this, Steve, and I know you, we've both experienced this, but we've helped a lot of leaders actually kind of uh, journal their life and saying, hey, uh, five years ago, my peace index was this. You can actually go back in your life and figure out what your peace index was. Then you also have kind of an index to move forward that you can say, you can look at it every six months. And it's a great review tool to help you figure out where you are as a person. So, so let's, let's move on to the second tool. And Steve, I'll let you tee this one up. But the second tool, this one is called the 70-30. And now this came from Steve and uh, he, he likes to call, call it the, the um, Cochran's Law which uh, is, is it true? It is a law. I think it's, everyone's heard of the Pareto Principle or 80-20. This actually, I think, could be equally used as much as the 80-20 rule because it, it helps give people a context. So explain 70-30 to us. <laughs> that, thank you, Jeremy, 70-30. The, the other one was, of course, for those of you old enough to remember Cocktail, the film with Tom Cruise, there was a guy who calls Cochrane's Law. And basically when I came up with this thought, hey, why don't I have a law as well? Pareto can have one. Who says we can't? That's one of our values. So 70-30 is this, and it, it, for those of you who remember Back to Voices, it'll help. So the principle is this, if you can spend 70% of your time across what you're doing in the whole of your life, that's work, that's home and other things, doing the things that are most natural to you, so by nature, the things that you've been made to do well in terms of voices, if you can be using your first two voices for 70% of what you do, you will always have the energy to do the 30%, perhaps with your fourth and fifth voices, which is much less natural to you. The things that are by nature in your 70% are energizing. You'll find you can get to unconscious competence and just doing it feels invigorating and recharging. But there's the other side, your 30%, the things that are not natural for you, will always be learnt behaviour, they will always take conscious competence at best, and usually they'll be draining on your overall battery. So the 70-30 principle is just saying if you can get a 70-30, that's really healthy, and you'll actually have a lot of energy, and probably your peace index will be high as well. But once you get into 60-40, 50-50, 40-60, 30-70 and beyond, what you'll find is that very, very quickly you start to run out of energy you start to run out of that kind of sense of purpose. So many people, Jeremy, uh, we meet in different organizations that are just kind of going through the motions. They're good people, and every Monday it's like, come on, you can do this, you can do this. Like, okay, here we go again. And the reason why it's so hard is their 70 30s out of balance. I reckon you can only do a maximum of two years significantly out of your 70 30 before your productivity, before your engagement, before you almost start to see work as something you have to get done in order to do the things that you find life in. So there's a little overview. Come back to me on that. Think about, think about uh, how many people are upside down that are 40, 40, 60. So if you want to look at the great issues inside organizations, it's that most of the employees are um, beat down. They're, they're dying. They're, they're lifeless. 
And it's mainly because they're either, either they haven't led themselves very well or they're put into bad roles or uh, there's company duress or a bad boss, right? But think about really the responsibility is not for what others should do. It actually starts with ourselves. So we're responsible to one, know and understand uh, our 70-30. What is the energizing activity? What is the purpose? What are the things that I do really, really well? And then what are the things that I need that I don't do as well in, but I have to get them done? Well, if I know that and can start leading myself, that could be a game changer. But why is it that most people don't, don't even do that? I think one, they don't know themselves, as you say. I think the other is that often they don't have leaders who know how to create that environment, that kind of liberated culture where opportunity and empowerment happen. And I always say, if you look at the people who two, three years ago you thought were going to be all-stars, and now they look just a little bit cynical, a little bit jaded, they're not quite giving you the performance they used to be, it's almost invariably because their 70-30 is out of balance. And that process is not something to beat them up with. It's almost to understand, if you're going to be a liberator, how do you help people get into places, find the seat on the bus, to quote, you know, I think Jim Collins, where they can actually bring their best because that's where they bring the most value to the team, to the organization. And that really, the reason why Voices is such a powerful tool is once people understand that this is who I am by nature, this is who I am naturally, but this is the type of role I'm playing, it's not a legitimization to say, well, I'm never doing anything I don't like anymore. It's just a realization that maybe, gosh, I really need a season. We've done it, you know, where we've really had to drill down on the guardian detail. We've laid the systems, the processes, the content framework upon which we're now building. But at least we knew where we were. So in, in, the other thing I often say to people is, where are you in your 70-30 and which way is it trending? Because for the same reason with the Peace Index, people can often go, do you know, I reckon a year ago I was probably 50-50. I was doing an awful lot of Guardian detail, a lot of work in the account, but I knew that it was going to deliver a pretty significant return on that investment, and I knew it wasn't going to be the same forever. So in some ways, I would say now, I'm probably at 70-30, and if anything, I'm trending more towards 80-20 into the future, which obviously is awesome, because um, if I'm happy, everyone's happy, Jeremy, isn't that right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, <laughs> think about it. Most of us are. That's how most of us are. I, I'm just I'm dumbfounded that people haven't done this, and then I realize, you know what? We're so busy, and most of of uh, teachings come in seminars or books that most people don't have time to read or don't invest in. And so, what we've tried to do, you all, the listener, we've tried to create simple, scalable, and sustainable tools that a 13 year old can get. Now, you could teach what Steve just shared on the 7030 to a 13 year old. You could teach your kids to help them understand where they are. You could teach them the peace index. And w when you do it that way, what happens is it's now a tool that's in your tool belt that will allow you to scale, to grow people, to grow yourself. And that's really what we've, what we've done at Giant. We've basically created a leadership language through visual tools that are really scalable and they're really, really sticky. And when they, when they transform someone, then you, you'll know it and you keep it forever. You'll have that tool belt for the rest of your life. So it's now common language that we use. Hey, how's your peace index? Where are you at? We had a core group ourselves. We had our own little session today talking about our 70-30. Where is it energizing? Where's, where are we bringing life and receiving life and where are we not? 
So for those listening, your application is really, how are you doing on the 70-30? Where are you right now? Are you upside down or are you in 70% your sweet spot or is it 40% energizing activity and 60% uh, things that you just have to do? So that's what we're after. We're actually asking you to really think, those of you who are listening, about yourself right now, to lead yourself. You have to know yourself to lead yourself. When you lead yourself, other people will follow. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Any follow-up application on those, Steve? Yeah, I think it's to remember the 70-30 applies to the whole of your life, not just your work. So if there's a season, for example, where in work you know that you're having to use your other hand or the voices that are not naturally you, then look for ways that you can create opportunities outside of your work world to at least bring some balance to that. Because what you find is if, if work is forcing you to use your other hand and your voices and you're doing the same at home. I think this is particularly prevalent, Jeremy, to um, people who maybe are trying to balance career with looking after family and looking after home. I, I don't want to be too stereotypical about it, but I think in our conversations, there are an awful lot of um, amazing mums who are trying to do career and look after the kids and look after the home. And it's amazing how out of balance they can become without realizing it. And simply to have the conversation with those at home and say, hey, this is what brings me life. How can you help me get my 70-30 closer to 70-30? And the only other thing I'd say as well is, it's always worth asking, what's my number right now and which way is it trending? Because 50-50 trending up may actually be better than 60-40 trending down if it's going to be a pretty significant um, drop. But you will be at your very best for all those you lead, all those you share with, if you can keep close to that 70-30 or at least being conscious when you allow for a season, maybe a 60-40 or 50-50, as you lay the foundations for a new season of growth and opportunity. No, that's a great point, Steve. We, For those who are listening, um, this is part of our culture at Giant, and uh, we, we work globally and we work with leaders, but we can't give what we don't possess. We have to stay really engaged with one another and with ourselves and in tune with ourselves. And we, op- we often talk about the issues that what's keeping us down? Where is it that we're 100% uh, healthy and where is it that we might be less healthy? And so these are just two tools that we use. And the other thing that it actually gives objection, objective versus subjective language. Subjective, hey Steve, so how you doing, man? How's it going? And you might go, uh, I've, I've been better. Well, I don't know what to do with that. So I'm like, uh, okay, well, man, I, I wish you well. I hope things get better. Versus if I say, hey, where's your peace index right now? Now I've got objective language. Now I can help you. You might say, you know, my people are a little bit low right now. I've got dot, dot, dot happening. Or you can say, how are you doing at work? Or how are you doing in general? Well, I'm about 50-50 right now. So that objective language, if you respond back and you know the language, it's going to help me know how to help you. And, and therefore, now we can have a, an objective conversation versus maybe a subjective feeling conversation, and I might be a thinker. So um, yeah, it's great. Uh, very applicable, very helpful for those who are really wanting to get to 100%. So um, this week, we mentioned it earlier, we've got um, associates or, and uh, clients coming over or being in London to do the London X Core. Would you just explain, Steve, what, what they're signing up for? We've got how many did you say, 35, 37, something there? Yep, 37, I think, today. So um, we're basically taking them on a year with us 
that is going to basically transform the way they understand themselves and also the way that they lead other people. So we, we talk about the 100x, which you mentioned before. The first part is really how do we create a level of health in them that they've never known before. Um, so they're very brave, they're going to have an amazing time, but they are going to be challenged. And don't forget these are world-class leaders already. So it's amazing what happens when you create an environment where they feel it's safe to be themselves. We take them you know, for retreats, so we get a plenty of time to eat together and have fun. And we're also going to, in the second half of the year, help them learn how to multiply that health, that transformation which they're seeing in themselves. So it's not just for them. They have, to, they have to lead themselves first, but once they've done that, we're going to equip them how to multiply that transformation into the lives of those that they lead and they're responsible for. So it's a very, very dynamic year. Um, they become lifelong friends a lot of the time, and, and really they're in for a treat, even if we can't tell them all the things that are going to happen before we get there, because they'd uh, be too terrified to come. But yeah, I'm really excited, excited you're here, and well, you're not here yet, but you will be by, by Wednesday. So that's the start of XCore on June the 15th in London. And, and the same thing uh, for those who are interested in the United States, um, XCore Atlanta uh, kicks off in October. And that will be um, at the same program that Steve mentioned, but here in the U.S. Um, you can find that at giantworldwide.com slash xcore. So giantworldwide.com slash xcore if you want more information on that. But what we're, uh, Steve and I are dedicated to is we're dedicated to giving ourselves a way to help le leaders become liberators. And a liberator, if you remember from our initial podcast, a liberator is someone who learns how to fight for the highest possible good in the life of another person, where they calibrate high support and high challenge in those people that they work with, they live with, their families. And, and so for that, we've figured out that that's not just in a book or that's not one seminar. You actually have to be apprenticed on this. You actually have to learn how to be coached and trained on this process. And so that's what we do for a year for XCore. We basically invest in these leaders. And then they're in a core group where they're processing. Uh, we call them Sherpas, our core group leaders. And these Sherpas help people uh, get to 100% health. And not only with themselves, but also with their teams. So uh, that's the purpose of our business is to raise up liberators, to change leadership culture. So thanks for listening to us today as we've been um, hoping, hopefully helping you get to 100% yourself. Steve, any last thoughts, any last um, snarky comments to... Um, to me or any other Americans? No, you know how much I love America and even to the point I'll be over again for six weeks in the summer. So um, yes, we're looking forward to welcoming you. Uh, I've already been into Heathrow. There will be a red carpet to greet you. And when you kiss the tarmac on your arrival, there will be a firework display and all the usual things you insist on before you'll actually touch the ground in any country. Did you say that I, um, yeah, I am high maintenance. Did you say, <laughs> did you say I'll get to meet the queen as well? Yeah. You said kiss the queen, is that what you said? Kiss the tarmac. That's kind of, you oh, get okay. to kiss the I tarmac. I thought maybe that was. And, uh, I'll, see if, oh, okay. I'll see if I can meet the queen. I did a best fit with the queen last week, a little picture I put on Facebook. So she's, I saw she's that. a guardian nurturer and she sends her love to everyone and says to buy a Five Voices book. So there we go. Uh, oh, wow. You know, if we could get her to hold up a Five Voices book, and take it that would be awesome and a baby in the other hand yeah that would be amazing yeah it's fine we're working on it i'm, I'm sorry i've let you down so far <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, can't wait to be with you. All right. So everyone who's listening to us, uh, we appreciate, we hope that you get our intent and our desire to help uh, leaders change the world. And really, we help change leaders' world so that they can change their world. And um, so I appreciate you. And to everyone, uh, we wish you well. We'll talk to you in the next episode. Cheers. Thanks so much for listening. That concludes today's episode of the Liberator Podcast from Giant Worldwide. You can find out more information about us online at giantworldwide.com. 